admit I have cheated very badly, you see. All right, welcome to the Big Electron here on KCU 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening. I'm Jackie. And today we have two very uh, special guests. Host uh, this evening. Uh, so we'll be talking um, to them in a little bit. Uh, just to remind you that if you want to get in touch with us or you have questions, uh, you can reach us here on studio at 573-882-8262. Or you can also find us on our Facebook page where we are, The Big Electron. And also you can text us at that same number, 573-882-8262, a service brought to you by SIPWIP. All right, uh, so we have, uh, yeah, we have two very special guests. Hello, if you want to say your names and then we'll ask questions. Hello, I'm Angela. Hello. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Um, so we'll start with Jesse. Um, so Jesse, uh, you're semi representing GPC of some sorts. Yeah, in a sense. Um, I served on the GPC executive board for previous three years and still quite involved with GPC. Right on. Okay. And then today you're here to share with us an event that is happening later this week. Yes. Um, on Friday the 16th, we have a special guest, uh, Jorge Sham, who is the author and creator of the PhD comics. We have two big events uh, with his visit. One, which is a lecture starting at 1 p.m., uh, titled The Power of Procrastination. And that will be held at the Leadership Auditorium in the Student Center. And then at 4 o'clock in Jesse Auditorium, pardon me, 4.30 mm -hmm. in Jesse Auditorium, we have the screening of the PhD movie 2, followed by a Q&A with the producer and creator of the PhD comics. Okay, so uh, we have uh, PhD comics, for those of you that don't know about them, uh, a lot of grad students, I think the majority of grad students know about them, but uh, they're pretty much a satire of all the fun stuff that happens in grad school, right? Right, right. Sometimes it, it hits a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's it's a little bit of satire about being a TA, being a grad student, doing research, um, and all the fun stuff of uh, dealing with advisors and things of that nature. So um, it's very popular, and like Jesse said, uh, it's it's it started as comics, and um, about I want to say about f four years ago is that when the first movie came out. Yeah, about that. About that time. Yeah. Um, so they made a movie based on on the comics, and it's it's people they're acting and everything. Uh, but it's the stories are just based on the ones that um, 
are from the comics. And so now, um, PhD movie two, um, is produced and is being screened throughout, um, different universities, right? Yes. Uh, around the country and also across the globe. And one thing that I like to mention is that even though this is a sequel, you don't have to watch the first one in order to understand the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the second one is very, very entertaining. I was given the opportunity to have a sneak peek at it and I was just laughing the entire time. Um, it, it struck a little too close to home to, uh, <laughs> to be comfortable at times, but it, it was, it was definitely entertaining and having Jorge here and being able to answer everybody's questions is going to be a real treat. Awesome. Awesome. So to, so there's, there's two events happening. The first one is, uh, the lecture on the power of procrastination. That's correct. That one is open to anybody who wants to go. And how about the movie? The, the second one is open to everybody. However, you do need a ticket. Those tickets are free. Okay. Uh, you get those from the, uh, MSA GPC box office in the student center. Mm Mm-hmm. Just go and uh, pick one up and you can come to the movie on Friday the 16th at 4.30. 4.30 in Jesse Hall. That's correct. Okay. All right. I think that title sounds really uh, intriguing. The power of procrastination. Pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So both the lecture and the movie are going to be very interesting and he's going to be here. So um, he's, Yeah. I think it will be a, a nice treat for everybody that um, if you want to go, it would be nice to go. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, we will take a short musical break and then we'll be right back with Dr. Speck from the Department of Physics and as um, from the Department of Physics. And she's going to tell us a little bit about um her topic on Science Cafe. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it more later. We have an entire hour to talk to her and she's pretty fun to talk to. So we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, welcome back to The Big Electron here on KCAU 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening. And now we move on to our next host, uh, next guest, host, whatever, you're the same thing. Um, Dr. Angela Speck, she is a professor from the Department of Physics. And she will be talking tomorrow in Science Cafe, um, which is in Broadway Brewery um, at 6 p.m. Um, and it's it's open to the public. Uh, and we bring in Science Cafe, brings in scientists um, to share about a topic that most likely will be the research, but, you know, can be something else uh, that um, the public will be interested in. And so Dr. Speck is going to be talking tomorrow um science cafe do you want to share where your topic is what the title of your presentation is so i believe the official title is that um i'll be talking about why astrology is nonsense um but basically i'm going to be talking about the history of astronomy and astrology and why astrology is not science and why you shouldn't pay it any attention, but <laughs> frame it in terms of what we know from astronomy. So I'll be talking okay. about various aspects of astrology and, and why it's not science. Okay. So do, do you call it a pseudoscience? When I'm feeling charitable. <laughs> I also call it bollocks, which doesn't translate to American. In other words, I'm not allowed to say on the air. <laughs> yeah. In other words, yeah. 
that we, we can't, but you, you can imagine what, uh, what those words are. <laughs> I think this is really a cool topic because um, a lot of times in science, a lot of times in uh, science communication, we end up discussing our research with the public and telling them why they should be interested in science. But the other side of science communication is to teach the public. The other side of that is to teach the public what not to pay attention to. That's right. Um, and so this is actually a really fun topic. And it came to a head a few years ago. Um, there was actually a story that made it onto NPR out of Minnesota where suddenly some someone had got hold of this story about a new Zodiac sign. And so that kind of brought it to a head. And that kind of gave me an opening to really talk about um, issues of where astronomy and astrology meet and why astrology is just, although people will claim that it has all these impacts, there's lots and lots of research that says that's not true. Mm -hmm. And so um, why, I guess we can talk a little bit about, um, can you share a couple of those examples where uh, clearly astrology is not a science um, compared okay. to like what people say, no, it is a science because of X, Y, or C. Um, right. So, I mean, you know, if something is a science, then it has to have a... Um, a testable hypothesis, mm -hmm. right? Um, and every study that's ever been done that relates to how um, we do astrology shows that there are no correlations between where the planets are relative to the background stars and personality mm -hmm. or events that happen in your life. <laughs> My personal favorite was one where um, a guy got these people to give their birthdays and then he gave he, he worked with them, he worked up their charts, he gave them an envelope that said something um, about what was happening in their lives and they all read them like, oh, this is so true. Every single one of them was identical. The trick, to, the trick is to write something that is ambiguous enough mm -hmm. um, to make it so you read into it what you want to. Um, but, you know, there are lots of examples of that sort of study where you can show that you can fool people into mm -hmm. believing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, you only have to find other people who share your birthday to realize that it's pretty silly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't met anyone who is, who, whom I share a birthday with, uh, but it's, yeah, the people... I, I just think it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty it's, crazy. It's not, yeah. Um, I mean, people will say, oh, well, you can't just go on the sun signs. You have to do all of them. Well, <laughs> you know, for, for instance, Scorpio has um, the ruling planet Pluto. Mm -hmm. We've only known about Pluto since 1930. <laughs> so <laughs> w what ruled Scorpio prior to that? Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty easy to take it down. Um, but you've got to be careful because, um, and you want to have fairly thick skin because I do get hate mail on this issue. Interesting. <laughs> wow, I didn't know people what? were so passionate about it. Oh yes, and they'll uh, and people. It was when it came up a few years ago. I wrote a piece for uh, Minnesota Public Radio, and they put it on their website. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of you know, it's kind of like the comments you see on the Tribune, where mm -hmm. it's people just being mean, but it's oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's an astronomer not an astrologer. <laughs> are okay. there people who are like classify themselves as astrologers? Yes. And what kind of background do they have? And I say background with like quotation marks because. So they may well know something about where stars are in the sky. 
and they may some, know something about where, you know, the planets are. Now, that's something you can use software for, right? So you yes. can determine, I mean, you can work out where were all the planets on the day you were born. That's something that you can do quite easily. Mm-hmm. The question is, does it mean anything? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, not does it? <laughs> they're the same sort of people who go into tarot card reading mm-hmm. and... You know, palmistry and uh, telling you that crystals will, you know, solve everything. <laughs> and, you know. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Are you telling me I just spent a lot of money going into that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Waste of money? Absolutely. Okay. I, I've never done it before. Good. <laughs> That's good. She's giving me this evil eye of like, mm-hmm. I am going to punch you. But <laughs> uh, Okay. So, um, why... Uh, <clears throat> I guess uh do you, I don't know if you know a little bit about the history of astrology like when right these people decide so the the origin of the idea you know if you go back in history you realize that astronomy and religion used to be more united you know we mm-hmm. now tend to see this dichotomy between religion and science mm-hmm. and they're not mutually exclusive in any way but if you go back in time they were much more connected and so you go back to basically Babylon or Mesopotamia, and mm-hmm. um, there was this idea that you could use the way the heavens move. So you've got these constellations, but depending on which side of the sun you're on, you're going to see different stars in the sky. And so what the constellations do is is tell time. They tell you what's coming. Mm-hmm. And so um, different, you know, different cultures have different constellations, different asterisms, which are usually small bits of constellations. Um, but the the system that has stuck comes from the Greeks. But you can understand it in terms of what it's like in Europe at different times of year. So the thaw comes in February, and that's the water carrier, Aquarius. That's what is where the sun is. And you know that it's, you know, March, Aries is a fertility symbol, and it's about, you know, spring mm-hmm. and sheep being born and things like that. Um, <laughs> if you look at, you keep, can keep on going through the different um, signs and understand them in terms of what's happening during the year. So it's really mm-hmm. a way of telling time. It's a way for, um, you know, the, the the early agricultural societies to know when to plant and when to harvest based on what's going on in the sky. Okay. So it's really timekeeping. And it's, mm-hmm. it's telling the future in the sense that, oh, well, we're seeing these stars now, so in a month's time we need to do this. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the way that, that we can think of it. But it has then been taken Because beyond was, that. Okay. Because at first it was purely observational. It was just to help... Mm-hmm. Right, it's Early about societies exactly. to get something, but now it's like, oh, it's gonna. Do-